0: The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Mark chapter 5, verse 24, and we do have notes. I believe they've been passed out. Let's read the word of the Lord. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him and a certain woman had a flow of blood 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, when she what? When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself, that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. The woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth in verse 34 and he said to her daughter your faith has made you well go in peace be healed of your affliction let's pray Heavenly Father we thank you for what you're going to do tonight we ask that you would come right now come on lift your voice and ask God to move in power in this service. Come on, we have the freedom to pray in the spirit. Go ahead. Thank God bless you. We'll be sure to give you all the praise, the glory, the honor. Come on, just thank Him right out loud like He already did the great miracle for you. Come on, thank Him ahead of time. Come on, put your hands together. Say thank you, Jesus. Come on, give Him a crazy praise like He blessed you and did everything you ever needed. Come on, shout to God on the count of three. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen, you may be seated. Has anybody here ever been electrocuted? Well, I should say shocked. You've ever been shocked? I mean, you stuck your finger in a light socket, you grabbed some wires, whoa, and it bit you. I remember when I was oh, probably 15 years old, my lamp in my room wouldn't work. I had one of those nice lamps on my bedside table in my room. And it worked the night before, but now it doesn't work. So I'm trying to turn it on, and obviously it's unplugged. But the plug was behind my bed, so I reached down, and I, and I, I couldn't find it, so I, I, I looked for the cord, and you know I got the cord, and I, I tried to find the end of the cord, and apparently what had happened is, actually, I think my brother cut it and let it there so I would be electrocuted. How many of you have an older brother? I have to ask him about that. I ran my hand towards the cord and grabbed the two wires. It was still plugged into the wall. I was like, Ah! How many of you don't want to talk, your feelings hurt, you know what I mean? I mean, like, like, ow, right? What if there was a power that when you touched it, you were healed? The the good news tonight is there is. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. I said it's the power of the Holy Ghost. As we look at the text, there's this woman who has... An issue of blood. She is ceremonially unclean. She knows if she touches Jesus, she'll be made whole. She believes that if she touched the hem of his garment, that she's going to be healed. Really tremendous faith. Jesus is completely surrounded by people. Actually, he's on the way to Jarius's house, ruler of the synagogue. And I, I really love that verse about Jarius whose his daughter is sick. Does anybody have children in here? I think we could all agree, don't mess with my kids. Can, can every parent say that? Don't mess with my kids. Don't mess with my daughter. Don't mess with my son. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard against him. And this Jairus couldn't get any help as a ruler of the synagogue. He was in dead Pharisaical religion with no power, but he heard about Jesus. He heard that there was one whose name was Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, that he'd healed the sick and he set the captives free. And he said, you know something? I'm gonna do something for my daughter. I'm gonna get some help. I don't care if I get fired. How many of you know he got fired probably the next day? He ain't working for the synagogue no more. He gets Jesus. He's on the way, and this woman interrupts his miracle. And she says she has this issue of blood. She's unclean. She's not allowed to be in public. She's not allowed to go worship at church and the temple. She's not allowed to do that. And she puts all of those things aside, and she, she presses in and touches the hem of his garment. Now, there's lots of people touching Jesus. In fact, the disciples who are like crowd control, when he says, who touched me? <laughs> They're like, what, for real, for rizzle? Are you really asking that right now? Are you saying that right now, who touched me right now? Is that what you're saying? I mean, everybody's touching you. Everybody's all around you. Jesus and Jesus, there's this massive crowd, Jesus. Jesus, what are you talking about? Everybody's touching him, but not the kind of touch he's talking about. It's a different kind of touch, a touch of faith. It's, It's a touch that one woman did in faith, touched the hem of his garment, and the power of God is released, and she felt in her body that she was completely healed. Tonight, I want to talk about the healing touch. I want to talk about the touch of faith. I want to talk about tonight, if you put, position yourself, if you posture yourself tonight, like this woman, you could very well receive your miracle. God is not a respecter of persons. The moment she touched Jesus, power went out of him, and this healing touch is a touch of faith, and I believe the reason, if you look at your notes, the reason that Jesus looked for the person who touched him because he wanted to teach his disciples that there's a different kind of touch. And he wants to teach us that there's a different kind of touch. And he also wanted the confirmer healing. And the power emanating from Jesus, he felt power go from him. That power was the power of the Holy Spirit. You say, how do you know that? In Luke chapter 5 and verse 17, the power of the Lord, I just preached on it recently, the power of the Lord was present to heal. I want you to say that. The power of the Lord was present to heal. In Luke 6, 19, and all the people tried to touch him because power was coming from him to heal them all. Wow. Wow. Touching Jesus was really the crowd's focus, but somehow this lady got what she was looking for that others didn't. The apostle Paul understood the relationship between power and the Holy Holy Spirit. And we need to understand that. We need to understand that out of relationship with God, power will flow to us. How do we touch Jesus? Well, that's a good question. How do we touch him? Realize that he's here right now, right here by his Holy Spirit. I hear on many occasions people say, you know, there's something different about this place. You know, I've been around a while, there's something different here. So and, and, and they say, what, what is it? I said, it's the power and the presence of God. That's what it is. And they say, yeah, that's what it is. I've been in many places where God's power and his presence is. And I'm thankful that we have a measure of his presence and his power here. I do believe we're ankle deep. Somebody, somebody heard me say that and they said, I think maybe we've moved to knee deep now. I, I don't know. I just know there's more. And the Bible says that no man has reached up to receive all that he has to offer. And that we're hungry and thirsty, we shall be filled. And out of desperation and hunger comes a release of the power of God. For he's not obligated to touch us just because we showed up to church. He's not obligated to speak to us. Just because we smiled or sang a couple songs, there's something about a hunger and a desperation that moves God. We welcome the Holy Spirit through our worship, and that's right in your notes, and that's what we've been doing. Wonderful worship. I got blessed. But you've got to anticipate God doing something for you. She she didn't allow fear to prevent her Since her condition made her defiled, she could have been in serious trouble by actually being in public, and she didn't allow fear to hold her back from pressing into the crowd. Who's the crowd in your life? Whoa, hey, hey, mm, mm, mm. who's the crowd? What is it that hinders you from moving forward and touching the the hem of his garment? What is it that keeps you from pressing in in such a way that it releases the miracle for you? Is it fear? Perhaps. Fear and opinions, traditions. Sometimes we set conditions. Sometimes we say, God, I want to be instantly healed when God wants to gradually heal you. You know, the, the Bible calls his wisdom, the multifaceted wisdom of God. Multifaceted is a picture of a diamond at so many cuts and so many angles. When you look at it, there's always, anybody looked at a diamond with a loop? You ever looked at a diamond with a loop or under a microscope and you turn that in and the way it reflects light and turns light? That's the way God's wisdom is. It's never the same. It's never the same, it's always changing. He might've done a miracle instantaneously for you last year or maybe years ago, And now, He's going to do a miracle for you, but maybe it's not instantaneously. Maybe it's going to be gradual. Maybe maybe His touch is going to come through somebody else and not your pastor. Or maybe it'll come in that quiet time that you're having with God. As you cry out to Him, all of a sudden, the atmosphere changes and the presence of God comes. All of a sudden, it's like you could almost see like a cloud, like like a mist of His presence, and you just sense that faith rises in your heart and you say, Lord, heal me, and bang, He can heal you. He can heal you. Come on. He can heal you through watching a movie. He can heal you. He can heal you in many different ways. Some people are afraid of the power of God. I, 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 I want to be healed, but I, I don't want to be embarrassed. No, really. Actually, you're elevating. You're elevating yourself. You're so afraid of what people think about you. You're not willing to do whatever it takes. You know, if you've ever seen desperate people in church, has anybody ever seen somebody who's really desperate? No, no, I don't mean kind of desperate. I don't mean cute Christian desperate. I mean for rizzle, for real, off the chain, lost their mind, desperate. Okay. They're not in their pews. They're not, they're not, they're not just sitting and obeying all the rules. They come running from the back. This is what it looks like. Oftentimes, they come running from the back in a headlong dive into the altar, sliding in a pile of snot and tears, crying out for God to set them free, to heal them. I've seen that. I've seen it also in the pews. Not that it has to happen in the front, but there's something about desperation. There's something about a brokenness. This lady had nothing. She had no more money. She grew worse. She's bleeding. She's probably dying. She got help from from those who practice medicine everybody said they're practicing and it wasn't working and I'm thankful for doctors I'm thankful for physicians I'm thankful for surgeons I'm thankful for modern medicine but I also understand that they're practicing and they don't know everything and we serve a God who's the great physician the one who spoke and spun off planets he said let there be light and we still have it tonight here in church God can do miracles for you. I think this lady was absolutely over the top. Kill me, banish me, I'm defiled, whatever. I heard about Jesus. Have you heard about Jesus? She heard about him. Says that she heard about Jesus. Have you heard about what he's doing in the earth today? Have you heard about the miracles in Scripture? We just read one now. But the deaf, they hear. The blind, they see. The mute, they speak. The lame, they walk. The dead are rising. All over the earth, there's testimonies of the dead getting up. The rising from the dead. People being healed. People being whole. Miracles of provision. Miracles of deliverance. Have you heard about Jesus? Jesus. Is there something in your mind that's limiting you? Is there a crowd that's holding you back from touching the hem of his garment? The opinions of the people that sit next to you. My opinion, maybe. The opinion of your spouse, perhaps. The opinion of your children. Desperation, when sincere, will move you beyond the opinions of your peers, will move you beyond the, 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 the crowd, just to be embraced in the arms of the Master. I've been in some very rough situations. I've been through some difficulties. I've not been burned at the stake, praise the Lord. But I've been through some things that pressed me to the very end. As I was resting for 15 minutes today, I lied down at my 15 minute powered app, hallelujah glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for 15-minute naps. Woo! Thank you, God. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Is anybody, uh, napping, I think, is just what you're supposed to do on Sunday. That's what I was told. When you get saved, here's what they told me. I got saved. They said, okay, uh, here's what you do. Oh, well, we're going to go to church. Went to church. We go home. We eat lunch. We eat a nice big lunch. And they said, now what you do is you nap. I go, really? Yeah, that's what Christians do. We eat. We go to church. We eat. And we nap. Then we get up. Have a cup of tea, and then you go back to church, and you do more church, and that's what you do. Do you know what? That is what I've done ever since I got saved. And I just love my Sunday nap. Oh, baby. Come on. It's just, oh, on the couch of the pleasure of the Lord. And my wife loves it, too. Son. Are you willing to move beyond your comfort zone into a place of desperation? I've been in places of desperation. I've been been in a place where I didn't have the money and I I didn't have the gift and I didn't have the help from, from friends or family or even from loved ones. I've been hemmed into corners before. I don't like it. Oh, but I love what happens. I love what happens when I move to a place of desperation and I cry out to God. Have you been there before? Have you been to a place where you cry out to God and you're not coming out of your room until he comes? Have you been there before? Have you been in the place where you say, I am not getting up off the floor until God, either you kill me and take me home, or you come and show up with your power and miracle wonders so that I can testify of your goodness because I can't take breathing anymore. I'm not getting up. God, come, take me to heaven or set me free in Jesus' name. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That's where this lady was. Now, we don't see a lot of miracles Really, in the Western church, although there's pockets of, of breakouts, we don't see a lot of miracles generally because people don't get desperate like that because what they'll do is they'll sedate themselves with dope. They'll smoke some, they'll smoke some marijuana. They'll play, they'll play games on their giant 70-inch TV in high def. They'll watch movies. They'll belly up to the table and eat half a cheesecake. They'll, they'll do anything but a, get into a place of desperation until they touch the hem of his garment. And, and we sedate ourselves with food. We sedate ourselves with stuff. We sedate ourselves with things that cause momentary pleasure. And they, 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 they get us in a place of, of partial uh, satisfaction, if you will, eases the pain, really. But never brings the stop of the flow of blood. Never really releases the power of God. This thing I know, that God is on the throne, the devil has been defeated, and somehow, somehow being truthful to you tonight, I'm just lazy. And so are you. We're getting a place of unbelief. We try to fix it with some kind of wisdom or some some thing. when he just wants you to get so desperate that you fall out on your face and you cry out until power comes. Now, you know, I, I, I was never a fighter. I was I didn't like fighting. I wasn't into fighting. Just I just it wasn't my thing. I wasn't like a brawler. But I had inside of me this sort of. I got fight on the inside of me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When I'm losing, look again, because I'm going to get up. It's just sort of the way that God wired me up. And so I never liked fighting, but if I got put in a corner and I'm going to be forced to fight, I'm coming. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you are in a corner and you're in a hopelessness has overwhelmed you, but it's not over. The woman with the issue of blood pressed in desperation. She had nothing to lose thirsty, hungry, desperate. The crowd didn't stop her. People's opinions didn't stop her. Didn't prevent her. Sometimes we're not really for desperate. We're not really desperate for change. We just tolerate stuff. Let me say this to you. Don't tolerate what Jesus wants to set you free from. Don't tolerate that which Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave for. Don't accept that which God wants to change and transform in your life. Don't accept it. Most of the time, we just nonchalantly put up with our troubles, put up with problems. I, I named my daughter after Hannah in the Scripture in First Samuel chapter 1 and uh, Hannah was a wife of I think it's Ella I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it as usual being consistent tonight and he she had a rival there's man had two wives and Hannah was adored by him except she was barren barrenness in the Old Testament is considered cursed so she's barren, and this rival, this other wife, had lots of babies. And every year they would go to sacrifice, and the rival, this other woman who had lots of children, Hannah had done, would provoke her. Has anybody been provoked? Would provoke her. No, 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 I've got kids. Oh, I've got children. Where's your babies? <laughs> you know, just making fun of her, poking fun. And she got to the place. This happened, it says, year after year. And she got to the place where she could take it no more. And she broke there before the high priest and cried out. Even her pastor accused her of being drunk. But she was in bitterness of spirit and she prays and God answers her prayer. And she, it says, in the revolution of days, she becomes pregnant. In other words, she probably didn't come pregnant right away. In the process of time, God brings the miracle. The miracle was Samuel, one of the greatest Old Testament prophets, where none of his words fell to the ground. Look at your problem, your trial, the difficulty, the pain, the situation, the circumstances that you're in, the cancer that you're fighting, the difficulty you're having in your marriage. Look at it differently. Look at it through the lens of being provoked. Look at it through the lens of, uh, this is a springboard. This is an opportunity. This is my moment where God's just going to launch me into a new place. I'm going to get healed. He's going to do something. He, move, let it move you to desperation. Cry out for God. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. Fast. Pray. Don't die early. Make sure the doctors say it's okay for you to fast and pray. But, I mean, get to a place where you're hungry and you're thirsty. We're, we're seeing breakthrough in the youth. I know why. It's because you fasted and prayed and you got desperate. Now what's going to happen is that desperation is being passed on to your leaders is being passed on to the youth and you're going to find them entering into fasting and praying. and You're going to go to another level says the Lord. That's, that's what he's saying. Amen. You're experiencing breakthrough because you said, man, we got to do something. And you Yeah, you did something. You precipitated what you're walking in right now. But there's another level, Pastor Alex and you're going to go there and you're not going to do it alone. It's not just going to be you and your wife. It's going to be a team of leaders that get the same burden. They're going to fast. They're going to pray. If you're in the youth leadership, stand to your feet quickly. Stand. Let God speak to you. Let God touch you. You can go to another level. 50 kids ain't nothing. You want to go to 100? It's not going to roll over. It won't roll over. It's a spiritual battle. It will happen as you fast, as you pray. As you seek God, you will see that breakthrough. And oh, it'll be so beyond the chocolate cake that you denied yourself of. And you'll see kids that are so hurting and so broken and fatherless come and they will they will find the Lord. And they'll, they'll not be like the kind that just come to sort of hook up or meet somebody. They're going to be transformed by your preaching. From my hand is mightily upon you, says the Lord. I've even put like a John the Baptist kind of anointing upon you. You are going to prepare a way. You will blaze a trail. You will preach, pray, and prophesy, and see a generation raised up. You are beginning to see it. The next level is now being added, even through outreach, unusual ideas. Dream big, says the Lord. Remember that the Lord spoke to us about that youth facility. Build the facility. They'll come from all over. That King's School of Ministry And all of those things, God is raising up a desperate, hungry, thirsty generation because they're bleeding out. And there's no video game, there's no drug, there's no sex. There is nothing that can satisfy them. That there's nothing that can set them free from the cutting and the torment and the just and and the just, just distraught, defiled generation. And you will cast out devils, says the Lord, for you cannot teach demons. And I'm going to give you an increase in the gift of discernment, you and your wife and your team. And you're going to see those who are bound and captive to sin set free by the power of the name of Jesus. And I will raise up an army of prayer warriors. And you will see transformation in this valley. Can these dead bones live? Only you know, Lord. And the Lord says they can. Prophesy, man of God, prophesy. Put your hands together for Jesus. Let your problem, let your difficulty provoke you to God. Let it move you to desperation. Your delay that you're experiencing right now is not a denial. Delay is not denial. God's got perfect timing. He's working things in you. You think about Jacob, the deceiver. Later, he's named Israel, prince of God. That name change came at a place called Peniel. His brother's coming to whoop up on him with an army, Esau. He stole the birthright from Esau. He's coming to whoop up on Jacob, and Jacob wrestles with God. He sends his family over. There's nothing he can do. He needs God's intervention. You will not fulfill the call of God, the destiny, the the word that he has over your life if you don't get to a place of penile because it is not by power nor by might or the works of the flesh. It is by my spirit, says the Lord. This woman with the issue of blood was desperate. She moved beyond the crowd. She got to a place where she said, if I could touch the hem of his garment, pastor, would you come? Then I'll be changed. How desperate are you? How desperate are you? I had an interesting thing happen. I couldn't sleep last night. I used to bug me when I couldn't sleep, but now I realize, you know, when I go through the checklist, did I drink coffee? No. Did I eat something? No. And I go through the checklist and there's nothing that fits, so there's no reason I should be lying in bed at night. So. My wife is sleeping like the beautiful angel that she is. I'm like, ah, well, Lord, I guess you want to talk to me then. And so I'll begin to pray. I'll begin to worship. And the Lord brought to remembrance a situation that happened. I don't know, maybe maybe six months ago hannah would remember but i'm i don't want to tell you the whole thing i'm just going to tell you the the, the nugget the principle out of it i got a, a facebook message from james gall does anybody know who james gall is okay we're, we're friends it's not like we hang out but we know each other and he's coming he's preached here and He sends me a message. I mean, it's not like we message other in text every day. Hey, James, what's up? What's up, Daniel? Hey, what's up? No, we don't, I don't want to paint that picture. That's not the case. But he sends me a message and says, the Lord put you on my heart and told me to ask you, what are you believing for? Because I'm going to fast and pray for you. And so I thought, ooh, well, I I don't want to waste this prayer request. This is a good prayer request. Lord, and I just felt like the Lord showed me everything that was happening and the one thing that was stuck. You see, because that's before we had our property. He showed me we're going to have our property. We now have it. Showed the building's going to be built, all that. Told me about revival. I'm going to pray for revival. It's, it's It's already happening. It's coming. It's happening. It's happened. It's happened. I just see it all has happened. He's raising up leaders. He's doing school. Ministry, he's doing all that stuff. I mean, we continue to pray, continue to believe, but there's, there's just one thing in my life that has not been restored yet. So I, I, I put that prayer request in there. I, I put the big the big stuck one that's been stuck for 25 years. I thought, let's do that. Mm, try that. In Jesus' name. So I said, this is six months ago. Three days later, a crack in the wall of the breakthrough I needed that I've waited for 25 years for. It cracks three days and it leaks. I mean, I, I have a very visible breakthrough miracle. When it happened, I was on the edge of my bed. Oh, I was on the side of my bed. It was late at night. It was some messaging coming through Facebook and with my daughter Hannah. And we allowed her to stay up late that night. How many know? Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, you're usually doing Facebook at one in the morning, but it was okay that night. I got on my knees, and I began to weep. I was just so thankful. I knew the the breakthrough would come, and I knew it would come that way. I knew that. But when it comes, it's just so sweet, you know. Well, as fast as that door opened up is as fast as it shut. Boom, shut. But there were some mysteries that were revealed, some vows that were taken, things that we heard about. And honestly, I just, I just got on with ministry and, you know, I said, well, God, you know, praise the Lord. I've waited this long. God, you're in control. Lord, you can do it. You can do it. Jesus, amen. Praise God. It's still part of my prayer life. But I just, I just put my hand to the plow and just said, well, let's just, you know, let's just wreck the devil's kingdom some more. Praise God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you get all distracted. You know, well, why didn't the whole thing happen? Well, who are you? Do you know how planets don't crash into each other? I mean, just trust God. We just started forging ahead again. And last night, I'm sleepless in my bed. I'm talking to Jesus. And the whole memory of that comes back. And the Lord speaks to me. And he says, that which you were battling is a spiritual battle. I'm like, how many of you know I know that? How many of you know know that? Okay, so when God says something to you that you know, he's telling you something different. When God says something, you already know. Joshua, Moses is dead. Duh. No kidding. How many of you know Josh? Josh knew Mo was dead. He knew. If anybody knew, he knew. So jo- Joshua, Moses is dead. I know, Lord, Oh, great God. I was there. I watched him drop. Yes, he's dead. You're now the leader. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now be strong and courageous. When God tells you something that you know, he's telling you something you don't know. And when he spoke to me and said, there's a spiritual war. All of a sudden I realized, hey, wait a minute. And I thought about how that prayer request came and how three days later I had a breakthrough. And it was like the enemy tipped his hand. He's so stupid, you know. You know what I'm talking about? You play cards with somebody and and they have all their cards, you know. And of course, none of you cheat here, of course. But, but if, if you're holding your, their cards and they hear a noise and they're like, oh! That's, that's exactly what the enemy did. God revealed to me the enemy's, the enemy's hand, just tipped it. And I know that I will see a great miracle if, if I do. god's calling me to do i know what he's calling me to do (laughs) my flesh my flesh hates it he's calling me to fast and i'm not talking three days he's telling me to fast and pray and i'm not i'm not not even talking 21. i'm thinking like really god really well how bad do you really actually want to have that miracle son because you're in a spiritual war In other words, you're in a spiritual war. I think of the war like this. He's like, you're in a spiritual war. You're in a big battle. Many of you are experiencing difficulties, pain, sickness, disease, all kinds of things. How desperate are you? How desperate are you to see your loved ones set free? How desperate are you to see your sons and daughters delivered? How desperate are you to see the power of God manifested in your life? Come on, stand up all across this place and position yourself to touch the hem of His garment. If you're sitting next to somebody who's distracting you, move. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Come on, call on His name. Call on the name of the Lord Ooh. Holy Spirit come Come on let it provoke you let your problem provoke you to desperation and god will not leave you in a place he won't leave you in a place drowning he won't leave you in a place without provision he won't leave you there desperation true and sincere when desperation is true and sincere it'll even cause you to look like a fool in the face of your peers when desperation is sincere it doesn't matter it doesn't you don't care what somebody looks like or what they think about. You don't care about the crowd that's trying to hold you back. What's the crowd that's trying to hold you back? What rational thinking do you have in your mind that God would pass you over? No, no, no. Position yourself. A place of hunger. A place of thirst. A place of desperation. She spent all she had. And she grew worse. Cry out to the Lord your God. Come on, cry out to Jesus. Jesus. Pray for you, you need a miracle. Come before you do. Before you do, can you go go back to those old those other chords you were playing? I I I uh, I'd be amiss. I have to prophesy over this Bethel couple. Come, I'm gonna prophesy. Over here. I have a word for you. I have a word for you. Come come. I'm gonna do this in an unusual way. I want you to hold hands and. If you guys are able, I want you to walk from behind them. I'll begin to prophesy, and I'll finish it up front. Even as we move forward, God is elevating you from the back to the front, and I've hemmed you in, even with the glory of the Lord, says your God. I've called you, and I've positioned you, and there have been, uh, there's been an assignment to try to undermine, an assignment to try to hold you back from that which I've called you to. There are miracles in these hands. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska, and Pastor Daniel Bracken.